2: This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: Yes, hello infidels. Welcome to the News Fighters podcast for today, Friday, the 20th of August 2021. News Fighters, we're live, interactive and unscripted. I'm your host Dylan Bain, the Ashraf Ghani of Wacky Clips. But first, to a debacle unfolding overseas for a change.
2: The Taliban is now in full control of Afghanistan, seizing the capital, Kabul, with no resistance.
1: 20 years after the ousting of one of the most feared and brutal regimes ever seen, the Taliban is back in control.
0: Militants took hold of the country's presidential palace and the group claimed the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan was back. Normally you only see that many brain-dead blokes with guns at a uh, NRL player's boys bonding weekend. Yes, after two whole decades of war, the Taliban has won. Unless, of course, you're Channel 10 and can't count. The Taliban takes control of Kabul after a decade of war. One decade, two decades, who's counting? Besides, who cares? In Australia, we only count everything in prime ministerships anyway. For a treacherous end to Australia's long involvement in Afghanistan through seven prime ministerships. Yes, only seven prime ministerships. But, hey, Peter Dutton, want to make it eight? You know you want to. Yes, and very confronting scenes of chaos at the airport as people were trying to escape the country. Overnight,
2: the airport tarmac overrun. A rush to the fast closing exit. Humanity's surge on the airport could be seen from space. It had started right back at the terminal.
0: Uh yes, though that terminal rush footage there that the ABC used was actually filmed at a completely different kind of pointless and drawn out exercise in American macho futility, a Dallas Cowboys NFL game. Yes, and being the busiest day ever at Kabul Airport, you just know they only rostered on one barista at the Starbucks there. Uh yeah, I have two hundred lattes for barreled. Barreled two hundred lattes. And speaking of people fleeing the country, turns out uh, the Afghani president had already made a run for the exit.
1: The Afghan president, Ashraf Ghani, fled the country.
0: Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. Ashraf Ghani releasing a statement... In order to avoid
1: bloodshed, I thought it would be
0: better to leave. Yes, stepping down to avoid bloodshed in Australia is called the reverse Kevin Rudd move. President Ashraf Ghani also said in his statement that he was uh, fulfilling a long-standing commitment he had to uh, take his girls on a family trip to Hawaii. Speaking of the daggy dad himself, Scott Morrison had some harsh words for the Taliban.
2: In a statement this evening, Scott Morrison demands the Taliban allow people to leave peacefully and warns Taliban leaders they'll be held fully accountable for any political killings or
0: reprisals. But doesn't say by whom or how. Yeah, Scott Morrison there, very much channeling the energy of an unarmed shopping centre security guard looking on as bank robbers with machine guns forklift out ATMs. Hey guys, can you stop robbing that bank, please? Please? You're going to be in big trouble, okay? Yes, and it turns out Scott Morrison wasn't the only coalition MP releasing uh, slightly foolish statements. National Senator Matt Canavan has been criticised over this tweet. The senator tweeted, Does anyone know whether the Taliban will sign up to net zero? Yes, I actually believe that Afghanistan under the Taliban probably will commit to net zero before Australia because we're a nation run by climate terrorists, not jihadist ones. And speaking of not being prepared for an obvious impending catastrophe, the Australian government didn't appear to have a plan in place for getting Aussies and their uh, mates out of the uh, Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. There are fears for 130 Australian citizens and
2: more than 200 former embassy guards and interpreters. We've had from April till now to think about what we were going to do. And here we are now at the 11th hour, caught short. It's been a monumental failure by people in our government to foresee what was going to happen
0: Yes, after months of knowing this was going to happen, the Morrison government was underprepared and caught short. I mean, from this government, really? What are the odds? So how did this happen? Well, Joe Biden decided to uh, fulfill Donald Trump's plan to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan this year. And as the U.S. left, well, the Taliban took over and filled the vacuum with astonishing speed. There was only a core reality
2: of either following through on the agreement withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict we plan for every contingency but i always promise the american people that i will be straight with you the truth is
0: This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. Yes, that's the kind of non-apology language when something unfolds exactly as you expected it to. It's a bit like uh, when your girlfriend asks, uh, how did you get so drunk at the poker game last night? Uh, Well, honey. This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. The U.S. withdrawal and the very sudden collapse of Afghanistan to the Taliban shocked many pundits.
2: Critics calling it one of the greatest foreign policy failures in history.
0: When you see people falling off of a C-17 aircraft, when you see more and more troops having to go in, against the crush of Taliban and people being abandoned to the Taliban. This is going to make Saigon look like Disney World in comparison. No, sorry, wrong. This didn't make the fall of Saigon look like Disney World because the Taliban takeover itself looked like Disney World. So confident the Taliban takeover, some giggled as they took to dodgem cars and the merry-go-round at a Kabul amusement park. By the way, I heard the uh, roller coaster kept derailing because they kept trying to drive it into the side of buildings. And uh, if you think that joke not fair to the Taliban. Feel free to email me at Dylan at dot com because I apologize to the Taliban. But but also, uh here's something I thought I'd never say. John Howard backs me up.
2: And the Taliban, of course, which on occasions is completely indistinguishable from Al-Qaeda.
0: Yes, war criminal John Howard there, thank you. So why didn't local Afghan forces stay and fight the Taliban as everyone thought they would?
2: The speed of the Taliban's return, overwhelming an army four times larger and far better equipped, is being blamed on the corruption and illegitimacy of the government we were trying to prop
0: up. On the Afghan side, we had an inept, corrupt and hopeless government and most people thought well i'm not going to i'm not going to die for this corrupt government i'm just going to switch sides and if the Taliban are pretty harsh or really harsh then we can always come back and pick up weapons and continue the fight but for now people had no will yes a corrupt and inept government that nobody believes in relatable So, yes, 20 years on from the Australian and U.S. invasion of Afghanistan. Uh, It's an event that I I remember well. I was a uni student doing work experience in the ABC newsroom in Canberra the day the invasion started. And and at the time, in the wake of the horrific September 11 attacks, it, it all felt very justified and worthwhile. But now, 20 years on, with 41 Australian lives lost and $10 billion spent by us, what everyone's asking is, well, was it worth it? Well, some veterans don't think so.
2: It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth this. It wasn't worth what we are now exposing those who fought
0: alongside us to, what we are now leaving the Afghan people to face alone. But on the other hand, Scott Morrison reckons it was.
1: When asked if the sacrifice was worth it...
2: Freedom's always worth it. Australians have always believed that. Freedom's always worth it, fighting for it, whatever the outcome.
0: Yes, freedom's always worth fighting for. I hear that Kabul even managed to keep its bunnings open during COVID. That's the kind of freedom that the Liberal Party loves standing up for. So, where to from here for Afghanistan? Well, with the Taliban in control, surely they will have to have a more modern attitude to the rights of women and girls this time. Right. The Taliban claims they will allow women to get an education, but at the same
2: time, they haven't ruled out stonings and public executions for lawbreakers. I can't say right now, but it is uh, up to the courts and the judges and the laws. Uh,
0: well, that, that sounds truly horrific, but um, maybe uh, economically, uh, all the billions of dollars we spent over the last 20 years in Afghanistan means that... Economically, we're leaving the country in better shape, right? Corruption runs deep at national and provincial government level and living standards are poor.
1: An awful lot of money was given to Afghanistan and you go there and you wonder what happened to it. Kabul is still a city where most people don't have
2: electricity. It's a very polluted city. Few people have clean water... The Kabul River is absolutely filthy
1: that goes through the center of the the city. There are potholes everywhere. There are lots of people begging in the streets.
0: Uh, Okay. Uh, Well, um, surely the world is safer. Surely, yeah, surely the world is a safer place from terrorism thanks to us occupying Afghanistan for 20 years, right, Joe Biden? Today,
2: the terrorist threat has metastasized well beyond Afghanistan. Al-Shabaab in Somalia. Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Al-Nusra in Syria. ISIS attempting to create a caliphate in Syria and Iraq. And establishing affiliates in multiple countries
0: in Africa and Asia. Oh, god, damn it! Well, at least they got an amusement park out of it.
2: And then you have the Taliban that set fire to an amusement park in Shebargan.
0: The Taliban burnt the amusement park down? Ugh. Bloody hell, war is futile.
1: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
0: Anyways, moving on from one never-ending war in a failed state to another. It's time for an update on New South Wales. Delta Farce.
2: This is literally a war, and we've known we've been in a war for some time.
0: Yes, for those of you playing uh, lockdown bingo at home as I record this, uh, everywhere seems to be in lockdown, including Melbourne, Canberra, Darwin, all of New South Wales, and even my absolute favourite place to visit when I'm in Australia, New Zealand. And the lockdown of the entire state of New South Wales came very suddenly last weekend. The news of the stay-at-home
2: order leaking out through social media before New South Wales Health officially gave word less than two hours before it came into force.
1: The official announcement came
2: around 3.30 this afternoon that at 5pm, just an hour and a half later, their towns and cities would be locked down.
0: Yes, just a 90 minute warning that the whole state was being locked down. I mean, you, you literally could have just walked into a screening of the two-and-a-half-hour Disney movie, Jungle Cruise, uh, and been kicked out before it ended. And what a tragedy that would have been. You would have missed out on some truly great dialogue like this. Let's go see some elephants.
1: There are no elephants in the Amazon, and I don't even like elephants. Lady, everybody likes elephants.
0: Yes, inspiring stuff. Well, I, I think we all know who Disney is hiring to write their scripts these days.
1: I like turtles. All right.
0: Anyways, back to us all getting Delta... Here in New South Wales, cases are absolutely out of control. are reaching record levels of almost 700 a day yesterday. Uh, and this week we had a record day for deaths as well, uh, which makes it all very off-putting. Uh, when I go to the supermarket and I'm super anxious and cautious, it's like I am feel like I'm walking out into a battle zone. And uh, in the supermarket, they're playing the fastest, loudest 80s pop songs they can think of. I mean, I never thought the deadliest days of the uh, pandemic apocalypse would be soundtracked by Walking on Sunshine. And jump by the Pointer Sisters, but there you go. Anyway, speaking of supermarkets, COVID still appears to be spreading in workplaces here.
2: We're still finding that people are visiting each other and we're still finding that workplace transmissions are set off.
0: Transmission between staff members in workplaces is also a significant problem. Yes, so with workplaces and households being the obvious main problem, the New South Wales Police, of course, decided to send horses to the beach. On the famous sands of Bondi Beach,
2: police on horseback and here at bondi beach yesterday we saw the mounted police unit doing laps at the coastline
0: yeah i mean that's easily the most pointless reason the police have ever gone to the beach since police academy five assignment miami beach
1: police academy five their assignment miami beach this time instead of making arrests they're going to take one
0: <laughs> what'll the uh new south wales police think of next for our city under siege citizens on patrol And much like a plot point from a bad 80s Police Academy movie, the police decided the best way they could stop coronavirus transmission on the beach was by setting up some high-powered video cameras.
2: Police are using portable security cameras at Sydney's most famous
1: beach as part of a city-wide lockdown blitz.
2: Looks like those cameras are pointing in both
0: directions of the promenade here at Bondi Beach. That has been met with a mixed response from some of the locals. Yeah, Yeah, Sergeant, I wasn't sure if the girl had a mask on, so I had to zoom in real close. Uh, On on her bikini. Surely instead of pointing cameras at beachgoers, the police should just uh, go up to them and tell them to... Move it, move it, move it. Move it, move it, move it. Police Academy references are my lockdown treat. Also in New South Wales, the Delta outbreak is so out of control right now that one of the main elements of our gold standard contact tracing has more or less been abandoned.
2: New South Wales Health no longer publicly listing most Sydney exposure sites as venues of concern for close and casual contacts. There are too many.
0: That's prompted a shift in reporting, with venues such as shops and supermarkets no longer appearing on the government's website of exposure sites. Well, that's one way to stop people hating Bunnings for being an exposure site is to stop listing Bunnings as being an exposure site. Problem solved. Everyone thinks it's safe. But look, New South Wales is finally looking at the biggest problem so far this outbreak. Over
2: the past two weeks, more than 70% of new cases have been transmitted within a
0: household, mostly amongst family members. Household transmission is responsible for more than 70% of cases. And credit where credit is due, New South Wales is finally doing something to try and stop household transmission though the civil rights implications are quite scary. The chief health officer today defending powers that allow police to pull people
2: from their homes if deemed a risk to public health. I can just be confident that our public health doctors do not issue Section 62s for no reason.
1: (laughs) Checking in on a positive case at Stains, police in full PPE. As they break the news to Gabriel Chaloub, he's off to a health hotel.
0: I don't know, maybe it's a mix-up?
1: Confused but happy to comply, the concrete heads off for an indefinite stay.
0: Look, it's called a Section 62 and it's a morally tricky situation. On one hand, forcibly quarantining COVID positive cases in many hotels so they don't infect their families or others in the community makes sense. And many believes it is what helped Taiwan beat Delta back from 600 cases a day to single digits. But on the other hand, Australia really doesn't have a good record of looking after the welfare of people when we forcibly remove them from the community and separate them from their families. Oh, it's something we've done a lot of. In the past, but uh, we don't really think about the emotional and psychological consequences of locking someone up when they've literally done no crimes. Meanwhile, in Victoria, they're also dealing with their own worrying and uh, escalating Delta outbreak, leading Premier Dan Andrews to announce this new restriction on the weekend.
2: There will be no removal of masks to consume alcohol outdoors. So you will no longer be able to remove your mask to drink a cocktail. Uh, At a pop up beer garden on a footpath uh, as part of a pub crawl.
0: Yes, so get ready for Melbourne pubs to start offering beer waterboarding. Lay down and relax and leave your mask on as you think you're drowning in delicious organic craft beer. Kombucha also available. Uh, Also in the news
1: Precious cargo from Poland has arrived.
0: Please be pierogies, please be pierogies, please be pierogies. And a delivery of Pfizer has arrived from Poland as slots for the shot are open to teachers and supermarket workers in hotspot areas. Yeah, look, that's great, but I'm sure after eight weeks of lockdown, uh, Sydney teachers and supermarket workers would much rather have a free bottle of Polish vodka. Am I right? But, you know... Pfizer's good too. So uh, how did Australia get this wartime gift from Warsaw? So Australia's
2: been reaching out, uh, not just in our own region, but we've, we've been making friends all around the world. And we were very quickly on the phone. Uh, but because we had an, an existing relationship, that, that obviously helped. And I want to thank Pr- um, Prime Minister Morawiecki for his great support of Australia in uh, in answering our call.
0: Yeah, is it just me or does it sound like Scott Morrison just Took the bloody phone book out and started calling all the countries in there. I wonder if he started alphabetically. Like, hello, Afghanistan? You haven't got any spare Pfizer lying around, do you? What do you, what do you mean you knew there? Well, We'll ask someone who's, who's there with you. All men? Really? No women in the cabinet at all? Ooh, well, you'll have to tell me how you got away with that. Anyways, with COVID zero now a distant memory, perpetual lockdowns, the new normal around the whole country, and... Australia bracing itself imminently for thousands of cases a day, our wartime Prime Minister stepped up with an inspiring and rousing wartime speech. I want to say thank you to Australia
2: as we continue to battle the most difficult phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. I want to thank every single person who was pushing through. We are not going to give up. We are not going to give in. I know as each day, as you... There, particularly those who are at home and you hear the news each day and you hear the numbers and you, and you hear the challenges, I understand that that can be very disheartening, that it can get you down. But let's not give up. That's not our nature. Let's not give in to that. Let's continue to look forward. Sometimes you can only see the tunnel and not the light. But I want to tell you,
0: the light is there. Wow, what uh, what soaring rhetoric. Yes, there, there's definitely a light. It's the light of the cop car uh, when they're coming to take you away after you got COVID at a Bunnings because you thought it was safe. But, you know, that's still a, that's still a light. Anyways, yes, Morrison said we shouldn't give up. But, jeez, I wish you'd give that advice to the New South Wales Premier. As the Premier admits, getting to zero cases is now beyond us.
2: I think all of us accept... That completely annihilating Delta is something that is near impossible. The Premier unable to rule out reaching thousands a day. We absolutely could if people keep ignoring the rules. So what the data is telling us in the last few days is that we haven't seen the worst of it. We are assuming that case numbers uh, will go up. In September and October, which will be our most difficult months. We now have to live with Delta in one way or another.
0: Yes, in New South Wales, we may begin... Literally a war. But it also feels like our... Political leaders gave up and fled the country. All right, everyone, that's News Fighters for today, August the 20th, 2021. News Fighters is written, produced and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for sanspants Pants Radio. Don't forget, subscribe to us on YouTube and or your audio podcasting app of choice. To support the show and get bonus episodes, pay to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or join our Patreon at patreon.com newsfighters. Or if you're enjoying the show, buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. And a big thank you to Harry, Jonathan, Luke, Rob, and everyone else who bought me a coffee over the last couple of weeks. That's a lot of coffee. I'm very caffeinated. Also, don't forget, sign up for our free Substack newsletter, at NewsFighters.com and hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NewsFighterspod. Get your vax, wear a mask, wash your hands, and bye for now. This is Newsfighters,
2: where we fight the news, so you don't have to.
1: Completely annihilating Delta.